Welcome to Wild Game Dynasties episode number 28. Our podcast today has a uh, very special guest. Uh, Here we are in the tail end of turkey season. Well, it's actually the last day of turkey season. And, uh, well, I I shouldn't say I had my fill of it. Uh, There's there's no way I've had any uh, uh, amount of that that I would uh, call it quits. But my... uh, my, my guiding for 2019 for spring turkey is uh, oh, we stick a fork in it. We had a great year. Uh, we hustled a little bit harder maybe than previous years trying to fill some tags. And uh, we didn't fill all of them, but uh, we filled a bunch of them. So, And people had opportunities, and uh, that's a great thing. Um, hey, just a little shout-out to uh, before we get started to uh, my dad on his birthday, my wife and my daughter and I hey, ran up north a little ways uh, and spent an afternoon with him, and, and what a what a more finer way to spend uh, the last day of turkey season has to be sitting with my dad on a fine day and look outside it's beautiful outside so anyways hey let's focus on uh, our next guest his name is ryan boyer he's the uh, regional biologist for the national wild turkey federation the michigan chapter the michigan office ryan is a uh, just a has a plethora of information um He's, you know, with being a biologist, he's he's in the trenches fighting for all of us, not just the hunters, but all the naturalists that uh, really enjoy the out of doors, enjoy the wildlife, etc. And with that in mind, uh, I think you're going to enjoy what he has to offer uh, as far as information to us. We went through a little Q and A, uh, and but I just kind of let him roll because, well, he's. Yeah, he's, he knows what he's talking about, and that's a wonderful thing. A um, couple of things, too, is uh, he's he's the first to say that he's not interested in trying to fix a little, you know, a soft spot in the state. Maybe a, maybe the turkeys are down here, turkeys are up there. That's not his job. His job is to make sure that we're, as a, as a, a population, uh, making sure that the habitat is taken care of for for our wildlife, namely the Wild Turkey Federation. But hey, without further ado, let's roll right into our podcast with Ryan Boyer. Hey Ryan, thanks for taking my call. I really appreciate it. Oh no problem, Gary. Happy to happy to do it. Good. Hey, uh, it's a fine morning. I know we just have a, a couple of days left of. I mean, literally a couple of days left in this Michigan uh, turkey season, at least in my neck of the woods. Uh, um, and. Uh, but, you know, hey, two days is two days. I still have a tag because I've been guiding, uh, well, geez, I think I had about eight, eight clients. We did pretty darn good, but, uh, you know, we weren't perfect. But that's hunting. That's hunting for sure. And um, just a uh, full disclosure, though, if we're talking turkey, I'm talking with Ryan from the uh, National Wild Turkey Foundation out of the Michigan office. Uh, Ryan, uh, how's, uh, how's our Michigan office faring? Pretty good? Good, good. Yeah, Gary, it's the, uh, the National Wild Turkey Federation, and uh, I'm the, the district biologist for, for Michigan and Indiana. But uh, yeah, things are things are going great. The organization is as strong as it's ever been. Um, we continually to, to grow at a, at a rapid rate in terms of adding staff. We've got a, uh, a full staff in terms of our, our fundraising and that conservation side of it, uh, uh, as well as... Um, a full-time staffer dedicated and devoted to hunter recruitment, retention, and reactivation here in the state. So, yeah, things in uh, things in Michigan in terms of uh, the Turkey Federation and our, our delivery, our work, and our staff is, uh, is good. Well, hey, nice. Go, great. Yeah. Nice. That's good to hear because I know our our wild turkey 
population is very strong. Um, it fluctuates a little bit here and there, but that's wildlife for you. But uh, the neat thing about it is, is uh, I think the confidence in what you all out of out of our national office, particularly out of the Michigan office here, has done for uh, the resurrection of our turkey population. Of course, this didn't happen overnight, but uh, um, boy, the confidence in in what you all have done is is I think at a huge huge high. We'll call it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, Gary. We, we estimate we've got about 200,000 birds in the state of Michigan. Uh, spring harvest, um, every year we rank in the top 10 um, in, in wild turkey harvest, uh, which, which puts Michigan at a, at a destination state, certainly one that, uh, that we should we should be very proud of that fact. Uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't long ago that turkeys were, were nearly extirpated in the early 1900s due to unregulated hunting and loss of habitat, but uh, you know, the Turkey Federation was, was founded in 1973, and, and we were able to, to jump on and, and really help expedite the traffic transfer program in and, and partnership with other state agencies, uh, like here in Michigan, with the Michigan Department of Natural Resources. So, nice, nice. We've been able to help help them restore wild turkeys, and now in the spring, you can you can hunt turkeys in, in every county in Michigan, which uh, is arguably one of the, the greatest single-species uh, wildlife conservation stories i I would argue so oh absolutely absolutely yeah you know it's good stuff it is it's really good stuff you know what one uh one thing i think a lot of people like to hear you know not just hunters you know a lot of people that don't hunt turkeys but sure enjoy watching them i mean wildlife uh you know is is a wonderful thing to to enjoy turkey being one of them but when we you know whether it be this or that or whatever it is when we talk about non-for-profit groups or government groups or groups such as yourself you know organizations that work for the betterment of a common goal boy when you team up you mentioned the dnr um you know not one agency organization can really do it by themselves i mean unfortunately a lot of them have tried but uh, you all working with a turkey population have coordinated your efforts not just with the DNR, not just with you, but with a lot of people out there, and that's such a neat story to hear about because it just means that all the monies, all the resources being pumped into that, are are done so by everybody locking arms and having a, having a common goal. Yeah, yeah, you hit you hit it right on the head, Gary. Um, you know, last year, for instance, or in twenty eighteen, um, we we were able to leverage our dollars at a forty to one match. So for every dollar that wow. back to Turkey Federation of Michigan, we match with forty dollars, and that that happens in a number of ways, but largely through partnerships and grants and agreements. So yeah, uh, we we partner with with most all of your your well known conservation organizations, and even some of them. Um, Maybe your quote unquote less less traditional folks, but yeah. your, your organizations. You're, you know, we've got a lot of great conservation organizations in the state of Michigan, especially in, in across the country. But um, yeah, with, without those partnerships working together to get get things done, um, we would certainly uh, not be as effective as we are. Um, so yeah. That, that ability to leverage funding um, and work with partners to help improve and, and increase the amount of conservation work that we're able to do in the landscape is, yeah. is critical. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I just you know I just finished my uh, my hunts with my clients, and I I kind of focus on that Montmorency County area, and our turkey population uh, is pretty strong there. I I mean it's you know it fluctuates a little bit, but I always know going in that. Uh, that it's going to be what it is and it's never never a, you know a horrible situation uh there's been times where you know it's like wow where did these 
there's birds it seems to be around every little hill you know but uh, we've always had a strong strong uh, population of birds there and elsewhere but I've noticed there's a uh, there's an active uh, group of people but when I reach out to other areas they have active chapters they call them I guess and maybe you can help me out a little tiny bit to explain you know little chapters here or there because I think I think the one there is the elk country gobblers Yes, that's correct. Yeah, and then he and one of the gentlemen uh, mentioned, uh, um, you know, there's several chapters, and I tell you, I'm getting getting off topic a little tiny bit, but one thing's kind of neat is it doesn't seem to be a lot of squabbling. It seems to be everybody has just got a smile on their face because everybody's uh, pulling at the same end of the rope. Yeah, absolutely, Gary. I I, I feel blessed because we, we've got, hands down, some of the greatest volunteers and members in the country that are devoted and committed to the mission of the National Wild Turkey Federation, which is, you know, the conservation of the wild turkey, of course, but also the preservation of our hunting heritage, um, knowing that those those go hand in hand. I mean, you can't have one without the other, but um, we've our volunteers and our chapters are truly committed to that uh, across the state and throughout the country. We've even got chapters in Alaska where there are no wild turkeys but folks care about <laughs> conservation they care about the, the mission that we do and they've, they've seen how successful we've been and continue to be um so yeah we in the state of michigan we've got about 51 chapters across the state right now wow. um, wow. that do uh, it, uh one fundraising uh, event a year at least and uh, and then hold multiple other outreach events like yeah. getting uh, youth outdoors women outdoors or maybe folks with uh with accessibility issues or, or certain handicaps as well it's a, wow. it's a big, uh, priority of individual chapters and it's yeah. it's sort of up to the individual chapter in terms of um what they want to try and focus on and, yeah uh, and do for those types of events using some of the funding that they raise from uh, yeah. So, so. Well, you know, it's funny. It's that's crazy that there's. Uh, I mean, it's neat, but it's just a crazy thought that uh, folks in Alaska actually have a chapter and they have no turkey or no hunt at least up there. And but that just shows you, uh, you know, what the, um, you know, what the reputation of the Wild Turkey Federation is. I mean, it just kind of, you know, it, it kind of fra- frames that whole thing. I tell you, you yeah. talk about you talk about ladies in the. Uh, you know, introducing ladies and, you know, different things. This has kind of been a, uh, I, I don't want to call it an odd year for me because I've been guiding since, I don't know, 2011, 2012. And um, every year is different, as it should be. And every hunter is different, as I really appreciate that. But uh, we had a gentleman that decided to start his uh, his uh, first out-of-state hunt. Uh, he's from Wisconsin. They had about a eight, nine-hour drive. And uh, he actually... Uh, uh, convinced his family to travel with him and they, they hung out at the cabin I have an extra uh, spot for them to stay in. and uh, of course he shot a Michigan gobbler and he had a great time and uh, I yeah I said to him I said what made you pick Michigan he said you know y'all got it going there man and he said everything I read your numbers are always so up and stable you may not be number one but you're always in that top 10 so I can always feel I can count on uh, a quality hunt and I said, what made you pick uh, me as a guide or even that Montmorency County? Sure. He said, it really didn't matter to me. He says, I, I knew there are certain areas of the UP, probably the weather's a little harsh for him, so I knew that to focus in there. Uh, but he said, the communication back from uh, from your Michigan chapter uh, really was very beneficial in helping me select where I should focus on my hunt. And he said, I'd rather travel eight hours versus 12 and go way downstate. 
and that was kind of a neat thing. And then we had a uh, a gal that uh, decided to try turkey hunting for her first time up north, and she did bag a gobbler too. And I again, I asked her that, and she's, you know, I'm from down in the thumb, and uh, I just wanted to travel north and kind of get a glimpse of what's going on. And he, she says, it just seems like wherever I travel uh, with my family, with my husband, we're seeing turkeys everywhere. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's wonderful to see. And I, I think the, the last, uh, uh, working with Al Stewart there, the Upland Game Bird Specialist for the DNR, um, we, we get people from, from every state in the country that come uh, from Michigan to Michigan for the spring turkey season and purchase a license and chase gobblers in nearly every uh, province in, uh, in Canada, as well as folks from uh, over, the, over the pond over in Europe have come to Michigan to hunt turkeys. So it, uh, wow. I think it speaks largely to, to the management, um, you know, maintaining quality hunting opportunities in the state of Michigan and, and also the focus, the emphasis on, on ensuring that there's quality habitat for these birds so that we can sustain these populations. And not only through through our efforts, but like I said earlier, our partnerships with with the DNR and uh, the U.S. Forest Service, Fish and Wildlife Service, and then our, our NGO partners as well. So yeah, nice. Uh, well, you know, Ryan, let me ask because you know I'm gonna shift a little bit here, but uh, you know we got a little time time frame. I know we're working on. We both have uh, busy schedules for the rest of the day, but uh, I'm looking at this uh, this this program, this uh, slogan, this campaign. I, I hate to even name it that because it sounds like a sales pitch, but it's. Uh, it's really more than that because it's been out and about for a long time. Um, what is this Save the Habitat, Save the Hunt? Uh, can you elaborate a little bit on that? I certainly can, Gary. It's a, uh, Save the Habitat, Save the Hunt is a 10-year initiative that the NWTF started in 2012. Uh, getting to a point as an organization, um, where, which we talked about earlier, we, we have helped state agencies across the country effectively restore um, wild turkey populations through uh, areas that we still deemed as suitable habitat for the birds. And now and now the focus was, was the realization that, hey, we need to continue these efforts to conserve or enhance habitat and make that connection of improving access and recruiting hunters. So in 2012, the Turkey Federation launched their, their 10-year initiative to conserve or enhance over 4 million acres of wildlife habitat in those 10 years, recruit 1.5 million hunters, and open up access to a half a million acres for hunting. Man, that's, um, that's ambitious. That is yes. really ambitious. And, and that was what, you know, in, in discussion with some of our partners uh, at, at the federal and national level going, man, that's, that is a lot. How is an organization like this going to tackle it? Well, we're six years through and we've already exceeded our access goal across the country by over 100,000 acres. We've surpassed 600,000 acres of access across the country that we've helped oh, open wow. up through easements or fee title acquisitions, transfers to state or federal agency partners, um, recruit, retention, and reactivation of hunters. Obviously, hunters play a critical role in the conservation funding model and bringing dollars back to the state to be able to acquire lands and manage lands and resources as well as wildlife populations. So we placed an emphasis on on that and hence we're working with uh with a state agency here in michigan uh, created a full-time position a staff that's dedicated to that trying to bring new new hunters into the fold and one of the ways that we're successful um 
at helping deliver on this initiative and our mission is, is largely through policy work. Uh, you can get done with a stroke of a pen um, much more quickly and effectively at, at a larger scale sometimes than, than what you can do alone or, or sometimes in the field. So um, families of field legislation uh, that it has passed in, in Michigan that allowed for mentor hunting opportunities within the state to get, get newer, younger hunters out. Um, through a mentored program was something that uh, the NWTF played a large role in uh, for creating that that opportunity and removing a barrier for getting folks in the outdoors with a mentor. And, um, you know, loss of access to, to hunting opportunities, and we're, we're pretty blessed in northern Michigan for uh, for having large tracts of public land, but that isn't the instance, uh, you know, especially east of the Mississippi. Um, in Indiana, for instance, 96% of the public land mass is, is in private, private land holding, so um, understanding that that's a barrier also for people to be able to go out and enjoy hunting uh, made that a, uh, one of the pillars of this initiative. And then, wow. of course, conserving or enhancing over 4 million acres. That's outstanding. Again, that's outstanding because that initiative, just because it's uh, associated with the Wild Turkey Federation, I would think that, like you say, breaking down those barriers, that's got to help in other areas of hunting, other species of hunting, showing this how this thing can work. Absolutely. So much. I mean, it's not specific. We're, we're recruiting hunters and whether or not they turn into a turkey hunter, if they're a squirrel hunter, rabbit hunter, pheasant hunter, duck hunter, deer hunter, it doesn't, it does not matter. We just understand that as an organization that the recruitment of, of hunters and seeing that this decline uh, as, as baby boomers continue to age out and we lose that, that generation that um, there's a concern that we don't have the backfill of the younger generation coming in behind them to offset that loss. So, yeah, yeah we, and a lot, so much of the work that we do, Gary, uh, benefits so many other species, white-tailed deer, black bear. We do work for the carnivore butterfly, which is a federally endangered species, um, wow. eastern Massasauga rattlesnake. Um, you know, having, a, having a species like the wild turkey here in Michigan allows us to overlap with so many other organizations and partners, which is one of the reasons I think personally that makes us such an effective organization, delivering conservation work and opening up access and recruiting hunters. Wow, that's that's a great story. I really appreciate you, uh, you know, um, just painting that picture for us to kind of see, kind of walked us through that. And that's so true as far as um, coordinated efforts. So, and, you know, like I said earlier, you know, we we all lock in arms. We're all pulling at the same end of the rope. Uh, there's there's things we can disagree on, and that's that's kind of an important thing in 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 life is that we we have uh, uh, you know debates where we can agree on common things that are of importance. <laughs> things that we disagree on, we can kind of refine those and and stick to what we know works and what we all can agree on, and and uh, forge forward with. Uh, you know, policy and, and, and other items of interest that can, uh, you know, continue us moving forward. So we all benefit, uh, uh, from oh. the main, from the main goal at hand. Wholeheartedly, Gary. And like I said, you know, the, the work, it, it, we're not changing our mission in any sense, but we can change how we, how we communicate and deliver that mission. A lot of the work that we do, uh, is improving clean water, clean air, opening up a public access, not just for hunting opportunities, but for recreational opportunities for folks to be able to walk their dogs or go on hikes. And so, so much of the work that we do, it, it benefits the people, benefits the communities. It's increasing jobs and economic revenue. It's bringing folks to these areas that are 
stopping by the diners for breakfast and, yeah. and uh, you know, spending, spending time and money at hotels and buying gas. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's got an economic impact, but it's, it's largely, uh, you know, the conservation work that we do has an environmental impact that yeah, it improves absolutely. the quality of life for everyone, especially in the state of Michigan where we, we place such a, an emphasis and, and take great pride in the state's natural resources as we should. So. Oh, and there's no, you know, I, I we're both uh, living in Michigan as we know, but, uh, and maybe I'm a little biased. I'm sure I am, but uh, oh, there's no greater state. I, I'm sure I'm that. Right there with you. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> well, in Michigan's so diverse. I mean, people, you know, will, uh, you know, we get in a discussion, a, a nice discussion, a nice debate about, uh, you know, why is it that uh, it, the uh, policy was decided this way or that way? It, you know, that doesn't affect me at all. You know, why would we choose something like that? Well, it might have been focused on maybe a certain part of the state because, boy, I mean, yeah, you have other states like Texas and California and, of course, Alaska that you mentioned. But, but with Michigan surrounded by the Great Lakes, two different land masses, you know, southern Michigan, a large part is agricultural, you know, northern lower peninsula and you know, all the timber. And, of course, the UP is kind of its own own continent in itself. You know, I have a real love for that place. But, uh that's tough. That's tough to manage. A, uh, you know, when you have a, uh, a goal in mind, and like you said, we have that goal, and we're we're not going to change that. We may change how we get there, or the, uh, you know, the communication to 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 move everybody's uh, focus to that area. But that's tough in this state sometimes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it's a it's sort of a catch twenty two, but I, I largely look at the diversity within the state as, as a huge blessing. Yeah. Certainly, we we've got a priority focal landscapes uh, that we're, where we've prioritized the work that we need to do and the types of habitat work that we do, and that varies from our, our focal landscapes in the UP, obviously, all the way down to the to the state line and the Michigan, Indiana, Michigan, Ohio borders. Um, wow. You know, knowing that it, up in the UP, we might. We might go in and partner with <clears throat> Rough Grouse Society and uh, and help them with uh, a non-commercial cut or do some do some aspen thinning, a clear cut, knowing that that young forest that comes back in and regenerates for those first uh, you know ten years is, is going to make for quality nesting habitat for wild turkeys. And, you bet. But yet, knowing that at that stage too, it's going to benefit grouse and woodcock. And, yeah. You know, southern part, um, you know, we might partner with pheasants forever and uh, and do some grassland restoration work, with the focus being that we're we're going to try and improve brood-rearing habitat for turkeys and for pheasants and yeah. nesting habitat as well. So Absolutely. having that diversity makes makes my job unique, I think, and it gives me an opportunity to be able to work in a lot of different uh, ecosystems and with a, 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 just a variety of partners. So, yeah, very um, nice. I, I love the state. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, let me ask you, too, uh, you know, I'm really shifting gears here on this one, but, uh, I, I, you know, I know I had a, a list of questions that I, we talked about um, earlier, but I, I, um, out of all the hunters, I think I had eight or nine this year. Um, we, you know, we end up back at camp because it's usually a one-on-one sport, although I had a couple of, uh, hunters that, you know, doubled up. So it's kind of a, that's always a challenge putting two people out, see who's going to shoot first, see who's going to leave their gun unloaded, that kind of thing. But they all seem to ask, uh, man, why the, why does the bird population fluctuate so much? And, yeah, of course, I gave it my best effort, and um, but they all also said, you know, that overall the population seems to be, you know, in, in great shape. But I think what they're saying is, boy, the one guy said, hey, I, I came back here to hunt turkeys, and it just seems like 
there's a the the numbers are down a little bit and I said well it's like anything um, you know it's just a fluctuation that maybe or maybe not that we have control over but I said you know I don't think the DNR I don't think the Wild Turkey Federation is into fixing or micromanaging mother nature um, you know, we're hope, hoping to uh, cultivate the resources to allow the the flock to flourish but we're not going to trap a bunch of birds and just release them in a spot just so the numbers are up sure sure yeah Gary um, you know there's there's a number of factors that influence uh, annual populations um, production weather uh, predators um, it's disease it can, it can have effects at, uh, at local scales and certainly you know that's how most of us and myself included as a hunter when I go out to a certain area and I hunt birds and I've hunted for multiple years well you know I'm not I'm not here I'm not seeing as many birds or well I'm seeing more birds this year you know it gives me a, a very uh, narrow focus and, and an understanding whereas the you know the state agency um, was trying to turn to manage the populations across the state at, at a much larger scale so um, you know you continue to see those those fluctuations um, you know generally what, what we're seeing uh, across the Midwest and the eastern United States throughout most of the eastern wild turkeys range is um, a lot of states populations are, are either stabilizing or some are, are facing some slight declines uh, brood production and um, productivity like in Missouri the last three years has been really poor um, due, to, due to bad weather conditions and, uh, and, a, and a loss of quality uh, nesting brood-bearing habitat so thereafter they're not they're not seeing as many uh, two-year-old birds out on the landscape three wow. and four-year-old birds and, and fewer numbers so it's 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 making it a challenge states like new york are seeing similar declines so um, we're partnering with with folks like at michigan state university um, and across the country to, to conduct research to have a better understanding in terms of uh, what's leading to some of these declines and um, you know what uh, what levels we can continue to sustain harvest so there's there's a lot of things that play into it you know uh, wet uh, cold springs yeah Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of rain and precip can not only raise water levels along along rivers and and wash out nests causing hens to re-nest if if they have the capabilities but uh, if uh, if they're fortunate and they have a hatch it's it's hard for young poults to to be able to to keep their temperatures up to thermoregulate so um you know precipitation can uh, can make that challenging and also have an impact on detectability from predators as well so but you know overall understanding that it's there's multiple pieces to the puzzle um, we found that our, our greatest abilities as an organization as a conservation organization to assist state agencies yes absolutely uh, is is improving habitat yeah um, so absolutely. If, if we can if we can build it they will come yeah um so we we're going to continue to place an effort there and focus nice. our, our, our resources and capabilities to improve the, the habitat for the birds good well that's uh you know that's a mouthful but it really it really spells it out it, it paints that picture that this isn't a, uh, a one-size-fits-all type thing, and there's many factors into this. So, hey, people, I think, understand. Sometimes they just, you know, it's a discussion back at camp, and they're, yeah, they're looking maybe not just to discuss it over a cup of coffee, but, uh, you know, maybe they're just in, want to be in the know a little bit. And uh, they sometimes ask me, hey, how's, you know, how were your birds five years ago? Were they the same as they were ten years ago? And we kind of talk about those same things you talked about. And, you know, we always say, hey, this is an ongoing effort. This, this uh this mission never stops. Um, it doesn't mean that we're always going to be at the top of uh, you know our our game on the numbers, but uh, we're we're not going to you know rest on our laurels either and watch things fade off like they once were a long time ago. So, 
Um, Absolutely. I, Absolutely, know. Gary. And like I said, up by, up by New Montmorency County, areas in the snow belt, um, you know, winter winter weather conditions also play a factor in survivability. And, and uh, also, you know, they hens that survive the winter if we've got a mild winter if they survive in better condition the likelihood yeah. that they'll, they'll nest or um, have a successful clutch increases there too so yeah. there's there's greater fluctuation in populations as we, as we get uh, further north and be and in the snow belt in yeah. michigan so there's there's a lot of factors to take into consideration well ryan uh, i i appreciate this uh this conversation it really uh, ironed out a lot of uh questions that i had as well but more importantly, our listeners, I think, are going to garner a ton of information and maybe uh, bring things into focus for them a little bit better because I think they, you know, everybody wants to be in the know and thus these podcasts have become quite popular for a lot of folks. But uh, why don't you, uh, you know, I failed to get this right at the beginning. I mean, you and I talked about this, but tell me a couple things of, you know, your your first last name, obviously, your title with the uh, Wild Turkey Federation of Michigan here, where your offices are located, um, that type of thing, and 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 two is you know the contacts. How how can people get a hold of y'all to get involved to maybe find out where their local chapter is, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, no problem, Gary. Well, yeah, my name's Ryan Boyer, and I'm the district biologist for the National Wild Turkey Federation. I cover all of Michigan and Indiana, and uh, I'm responsible for, for conservation delivery, uh, developing habitat projects in partnership with our uh, state, federal agency, and NGO partners. Uh, so taking the dollars that we're raising in our local chapters uh, and brought into the to the organization through through major gifts, et cetera, um, and taking those and putting them down in the land and putting them to work for us. So, um, like I said, we've got about 51 chapters uh, scattered throughout the state, including the UP, and um, uh, we our website at, at www.nwtf.org, the National Wild Turkey Federation. You can go on there and click on events and events in your area, and you can just type in your zip code and hit enter and it will come up with all of our fundraising banquet events or out uh, outreach events if you want to be involved in a, in a youth event or women in the outdoors or uh, wheel and sportsmen uh, we've got a variety of, of events calling events shooting events just just an effort to, to get folks outdoors and having fun and, and being part of a great organization so if you're interested all of our contact information is specific to state staff including our fundraising and conservation staff within the state of michigan can all be found on our website there at mwtf.org. So um, I am located out of uh, Scottville, Michigan, but cover the state, and my contact information can be found on the website and is in the back of our Turkey Country magazine that our members get. Oh, nice. Perfect. Well, we've all read uh, some neat stories in that publication as well, so we sure enjoy it. I really appreciate you uh, taking time out of your busy schedule. And, um, again, we have just two days left to hunt, and so for those of... Uh, for those of us, including myself, I mean, I've got a spot here in Bay County where I live that uh, hopefully I can uh, fill that tag. But uh, I'm kind of looking forward just to going out there and maybe uh, not feeling pressured to uh, deliver. Not that our clients do that to me, but uh, um, I'm just thinking I probably should maybe take a thermosote with me this time of year or so. Yeah. yeah, it happens, doesn't it? It creeps up on you towards cool. the end of the season here, and then the uh, thermosel can be a can be a lifesaver late oh, in season, boy. especially as much yeah. rain as we've we've been getting. Uh, yeah. it wouldn't hurt, but 
uh, but Gary, no, I really appreciate you having me on. I'm always happy to, to talk turkeys with a, with another enthusiast and a, and a conservationist such as yourself. And uh, again, I, I, I wish you the best of luck. Uh, I, hope, I hope that folks listening uh, enjoyed the, the conversation. And if folks have questions, feel free to, to reach out and get a hold of us. And, and we're happy to, to bring new folks on that, that really are passionate about conservation, wildlife, and wild things. And, um, just thanks so much. I appreciate it. All right, you you have a great day. Thanks, Ryan, and take care. And uh, maybe we'll cross paths in the woods sometime. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Thanks, Gary. I appreciate right. it. Take care. Take care. Episode number twenty-eight is brought to you by. Check out Wessel Outdoors, authorized dealer for real-world wildlife products bank blinds, and RTP's line of Genesis no-till drills and crimpers. Call Jim today at 248-705-5836. That's 248-705-5836. Or visit their website anytime at www.wesseloutdoors.com. Folks, that's a wrap on episode number 28. We hope you garter some uh, valuable information one thing for sure is it really is nice to touch base with the gentleman that uh, works in the trenches to make sure that our turkey population is at a healthy level and like he indicated they're not uh, they're not spot fixing or looking for hot spots or small little areas of particular you know regions of the state or his area that he covers to fix it that's mother nature but uh, they're looking at the big picture making sure that uh, uh, the turkey population is kind of one with nature and that we're doing our job as the uh, top top predators of the food chain here and uh, i think they're doing a great job they sure have a success story to back up uh, what they're doing and the neat thing about it is they lock arms with other other agencies organizations not-for-profits and the hunters and they're uh, doing what uh, what we all look at uh, is uh, something that we're locking arms with and doing the thing that uh, you know really is in the best interest for uh, wildlife, not just the hunters, not just the turkeys, etc. So anyways, hey, hope you liked it. Until next time, take care.